right then and there at eight years old. I knew not what I wanted to do, what I needed to do. I was going to win this championship belt right here. I was going to place it. I was going to bestow it into the hands of the American Dream Dusty Rhodes and I would tell him, nobody can take it away from you now. And there are many here tonight who have followed my journey, but for those who are new to it, unfortunately, that dream died. It died right in front of me. That opportunity passed. That opportunity passed or did it. This is Good Karma Wrestling, GKW. Excited to have you along with us. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee, along with Jonathan Hood. You know him from Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Also, you know him from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. And from ESPN West Palm, he is Brian Rowix. Excited to have you along with us off of what was an amazing WrestleMania weekend. A lot of great shows, including to me, WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday. We'll get into that. But clearly, gentlemen, the biggest story coming out of the weekend, the biggest story in wrestling right now is one Cody Rhodes. We just heard part of the promo that he dropped right away to open up Monday, Monday Night Raw, the Raw after WrestleMania, and Cody Rhodes officially joining WWE, the biggest thing going on in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, Gabe, there's no doubt about that. And what I really enjoy is that Cody apparently has full autonomy on, on his character, right? He comes from AEW. He's one of the vice presidents of the company. He says, no, it's my time to leave the territory. So he goes back to the WWE. And my fear is, is like, oh, is he going to come back with face paint? Is he going to be Stardust? No, he comes back as almost a seamless transition, Brian, from being the AEW Cody to what we see right now. When we see how he was cheered in Dallas, not only at WrestleMania, but also on Raw, I mean, he has his own entrance. He's got the same music he had before. So he, I think he's got a real hold on his character. That's so rare for WWE guys. When you come to WWE, it's hard for you to be able to keep your name, your likeness, uh, your personality. But it seems like the same Cody Rhodes we saw in AEW. I mean, the fact that he got to call himself a pro wrestler this week, like that in itself is a win. He got to refer to himself as that. Raw top two million on Monday, first time in a few years. I guess he might actually know what he's doing, despite what the front office might have thought the last time around. Do you think this was the right move? Because I'll admit it, as we sat there and we waited and we waited and we waited, we were unsure if this was actually going to happen. Rumors floating out there. He might back out. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Well, then he shows up on Saturday. And, and seeing him come out to the exact theme and seeing him be his AW character, it made me kind of, it made me a little sad at the time. But listening to Cody, whether it was um, part of the Ringer Wrestling show and, and what he did there, whether it was on the WWE content that he has done since Monday Night Raw and hearing him speak. And I understand, um, you know, probably some of this is, is behind the scenes and some of this is he's trying to settle a little bit more. But he seems genuinely happy and very excited about this decision. So once 
I became more comfortable. I'm like, okay, if, if he's comfortable with it, why should I have an issue with it? I don't think AEW is going to miss him as much as I would think because he was mm-hmm. kind of a, an, an ancillary character anyway. He would show up every once in a while, fight for the Ooh. TNT championship. But I think this is a really good move for Cody Rhodes. Wow, ancillary character. I didn't know he was always on AEW Dark. That's where you find <laughs> ancillary there. Well, I mean, wow, he, ancillary. Wow. I mean, he would miss, I mean, he would go two, three weeks without being on, on Dynamite or, or on Rampage at times. But because yeah. he's Cody Rhodes, he could show up. And, and I think that's part of what AEW has done with their roster. We'll get into that in a little bit because it is so deep and they have a lot of talent right now that some people just aren't going to be featured on TV every week. But because he was Cody, they knew they could do that. But he also, and I think he was going to be really serious about this as long as he was in AEW, he wasn't going to pursue their world championship. He lost that match early on against Jericho and said he wouldn't compete for it ever again. He he referenced that in a couple of the interviews I heard. He didn't want to be a 17-time TNT champion. So now he's got an opportunity to go for one of the top prizes in WWE, and he wants to go after that WWE championship. Well, well Brian, here's what I look at. I look at when I saw this promo, I thought, man, he's really going to go for the WWE Championship because he talked about his father back at Madison Square Garden in 1977. And Dusty probably was never going to be the WWF champion at the time, but he and superstar Billy Graham had some great matches. He was always uh, on the top of the card for the time that he was in New York. But just the idea that he points at that picture and talks about, hey, my dad didn't see me on top as a WWE champion, but now I'm going to do it for him. One of the questions I think we all had was, Will Cody actually go for the WWE Championship? Could he be in a main event against Roman Reigns? And I guess on the surface, you think, okay, if Brock Lesnar can't beat Roman, can can Cody Rhodes beat Roman? I mean, those are the things I'm looking at right now. But when, the way he's comported himself, the interviews, the match he had against Seth Rollins, he's put himself at the top of the card based on the way he's wrestling, the way he's talking. Yeah, I completely agree. And he's that shiny toy right now. And people were excited. It's been weeks of the Cody, Cody, like everyone was waiting and waiting. I agree with Gabe that night. I was like, do I actually want him to come out here? Like I still was on the fence about it. But (laughs) part of me, like it's still hard not to read all these articles and hear all these interviews with him and think that Vince is just playing with the heartstrings. Like he's playing all the different things like, oh yeah, the title. Yeah, you're going to be dusty. You're going to main event the garden. You're going to get that title. And still not hard. It's still hard not to think about, you know, come Survivor Series, we see Stardust again. <laughs> right, exactly. So what I'm yeah. hoping for, what I'm honestly hoping for, is that Cody. I mean, Cody brought his AEW entrance. Mm-hmm. He brought yes. his AEW character. Unfortunately, he couldn't get rid of that neck tattoo, so that came yeah. with him as well. <laughs> but. Nope. What I'm hoping he brings with him is maybe a little bit of this long-term storytelling that AEW has done such a good job with. Because if he goes, and obviously he wants that WWE championship, if he goes and challenges Roman Reigns or if they take it off Roman, I I don't know how they're going to split the two championships. Um, You know, WWE did this with Becky Lynch uh, after WrestleMania in 2019, you know, where she defended it twice in one night, lost one of the matches, won the other one, and and continued on as as champ. So I don't know if that's something that's going to happen to Roman, um, or if they're just going to strip him of one title to make sure it stays on Raw, who knows. But I don't want Cody to win it right away, because I think the story is here, just like it is with any great babyface story. It's about the chase. So if he just shows up right away and goes and claims that championship, it's going to be kind of like where we're at right now with Roman Reigns. And I think they've done a great job with Roman, but now we're going, 
all right, Brock couldn't do it at Mania, so Roman's double. Like, who do they have left? Like, if, right. if Cody just jumps right to the top and doesn't have to go through any of the, the typical babyface, you, you know, ups and downs on his way to that WWE championship, um, it's going to be, okay, he won the championship. Now what's next? What are we going to do for this next multiple couple years of this multiple-year deal that he just signed? So I'm hoping that we get a nice long chase for Cody because I think that's where the story is, and I think that's – when he finally wins it after failing once or twice, it's going to feel that much sweeter when he finally does get that WWE championship. Well, that's the thing. Sort of along those lines, would you guys be okay with, even if it's that backlash, he gets that shot and he doesn't win it. Like if he gets a shot right away, but doesn't win on the first try, like, is that okay? Not, not, not for me. No, I, I'm into the long-term storytelling. I don't necessarily have to have Cody's here. We need to put him in a title match. I just think it, I just think the whole thing's fascinating, right? Cody Rose is part of the WWE without saying that he's an AEW. He, he opens up on Raw and says, what do you want to talk about? Just like he did in <laughs> AEW, right? Leans into the camera because he winks at us knowing that he just came from the other organization. I, I just, uh, I find it just interesting to see how this is all going to develop. All I know is this, is that he comes out at WrestleMania and defeats one of Vince's superstars, big superstars in Seth Rollins and Dallas AT&T Stadium. And I think all three of us were wondering and say, okay, if Cody comes out, does he win his first match? It was a sensational match. And it doesn't hurt Seth at all, but just the idea that Seth's been talking crap and Cody's been taking shots at the WWE for a long time from AEW's former place, and then he beat Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, it, it just shows you that Vince understands the value, right? They understand the value of Cody, not just in the ring, but also the TV shows he has uh, away from the ring and the kind of popularity that he's gotten. I'll tell you this, Brian, you say that he was as an ancillary character. And yes, I mean, the, the machine will roll on an AEW without Cody, but because he was there and because he would shoot with you and kind of talk to you like behind the camera, behind the scenes, we're going to miss that in AEW. So, I mean, the AEW is going to be fine, but I think they're going to miss that guy, that character, because there was always something else behind the wrestler and behind his wife as well. Yeah, that's the thing. I think, you know, Cody did a great job of elevating some young guys. He also probably had more misses than anyone in AEW from, you know, ending racism to starting a new civil war. Like, those were misses yes. in AEW yes. for Cody. Yes, <laughs> yes but, he was. Besides like, <laughs> that, though, he still was up there. Cody, Cody Luther King was outstanding yes. right. in, in AEW, yes. That, that was sort of a miss. So, but because of that, Cody though, like, Luther King. <laughs> like yes. they're, they're going to miss that aspect. For the WWE aspect, like, it still worries me. Like, I guess Gabe brought up the two titles thing. Like, you guys want the long chase. What if it's a meaningless tournament? What if they say, hey, Roman, you can only have one belt. We're going to do a tournament. I know Vince hates tournaments, but Cody wins the title that way. Like, and then you build towards LA and you unify again next year. Like, there has to be a way to get that long chase, but also keep him relevant for the longest time possible. Yeah, I, I think there is. But I think, again, like him failing a couple of times, I think is going to make it that much sweeter. You know, when he gets, okay, he's so close, he's going to do it, he's going to do it for Dusty. The problem with that is, to me, I feel like that's a dream world. Because the WWE doesn't tell those long-term stories. They don't think Correct. it really matters, you know, week to week. You know, they're, they're just going to do what they do. These long-term stories don't exist in WWE unless they happen to seemingly stumble upon them. Then they'll lean into them. 
but it doesn't seem like they're on purpose telling these long stories. And I think that's what's going to be best suited for Cody in this instance is trying to have a long, drawn-out story of him. Okay, we now know what his goal is. And I think you could tell this story over the course of a couple of months because if you tell the story of Cody's here, he wants to win the championship for his dad, he wins the championship for his dad in a month, to me, you're wasting a lot of money for a guy who, by the way, has already become like one of the most popular T-shirts in WWE. Like, I, I think they've got a really good chance to kind of capitalize on that if they find a way to tell the right long-term story. Brian, Dave, you know me, and you know I don't do hot takes. I do mild takes. So here's a <laughs> mild take for you, okay? Here's a mild take, and I do this with perspective. So Dusty Rhodes leaves the NWA, and they put polka dots on him in, in 1989, 1990. And Dusty Rose has never been the common man. He's never been a guy with polka dots and dancing around, but he was. And he was, I thought he was humiliated. It was a rib, I think, on Dusty. Dusty eventually goes back to the NWA. Dustin Rhodes was the natural, and he was a tremendous young wrestler in WCW. He comes to WWF at the time, and they make him gold dust. Now, it's a character that we'll always remember, but what was he supposed to be? Uh, and it was an androgynous character. It was kind of odd. We weren't sure exactly what his angle was, but he got it over though, and Dustin did. So now here's Cody. Cody comes in and he becomes Stardust. And he's almost like D Gold Dust, where he's got face paint and all that. And my, my concern is that after a year, that maybe he is going to have to revert back to being Stardust or maybe not himself. All I know is this, is that we think, and a lot of wrestling fans think that Cody's over, but does Vince think he's over? That's the whole thing. What we what we think a lot of times doesn't matter. What does Vince think? If he's over with us, doesn't necessarily he's going to be off, over in the office in the WWE. 100% I think agreed. Like, to Gabe's point about long-term storytelling, like, the biggest issue coming into Mania, Roman and Brock was a great build. It was a great storyline. What else was there on the card? Everything, like, even the Seth stuff, like, it was a cool buildup. But that was only maybe a month of him chasing that match and trying to get on. Like, the long-term storytelling doesn't really exist right now in the WWE outside of that one main picture, which he might be in, but we don't know for sure if he's going to be in. Yeah, and even, I mean, I just brought up the t-shirt sales. I mean, the New Day is one of the right. most popular in WWE. They try to tell a story with them in terms of, hey... Our, our, our buddy, he just got his neck broken by one of these guys. We're going to go in. We're going to do this for Big E. And it ends up being one of the quickest matches on the WrestleMania card, and everybody seems disappointed about the whole thing. So even, yes, you're 100% right, Jay Hood. It's got to be over with Vince in order for it to mean anything in the WWE. And speaking of T-shirts, I'm rocking Doom today. I got Ron Simmons, Butch Reed, and Teddy Long, but – Wait a minute, Gabe. What t-shirt oh, do you wear? Oh, baby. We got a little, oh. a little good karma wrestling. A little GKW oh. action. You can look for this t-shirt, by the way, tomorrow night. Smackdown, if you happen to be in Milwaukee, you can look for this t-shirt. Come find me and, uh, and and say hi. Looking forward to the show tomorrow night for sure. Oh, that t-shirt's a thirst trap. People are going to want that. That's the hottest thing. It's a it's a black t-shirt with white writing. You know, wrestling fans want it. So get, go, give us a little bit. I know for those of you get that can't see this on hear this uh, on the podcast you can see a little gk i love that GK gkw yeah oh. wrestling. same logo uh. you see on the side of the screen here if you happen to be watching yeah. on the live stream uh, awesome. So one of the things that we want to do each and every week here on Good Karma Wrestling, and, and we're excited for everybody to be with us, we're going to do, because wrestling, it all comes down to one, two, three. It's the three count. It's the most important thing. So we go through the one, two, three count in the three most important things that we see in the world of professional wrestling. Brian, what do we have as number one on the three count? 
This weekend also saw Samoa Joe make his Ring of Honor re-debut and his AEW debut. So, guys, does AEW currently have too much talent? First of all, people were losing their damn minds for Samoa Joe on Rampage on Wednesday night. Like, I love Samoa Joe. He is one of my favorites, I think, in terms of when, when you talk about a complete package of what you can do in the ring, on the mic, facial expressions, selling. Like He is one of the complete package wrestlers. He's one of my favorites. I didn't realize Joe was going to be that over on Wednesday night, and, and that makes me excited for him going forward. But it, we just kind of talked about this a little bit with Cody. I mean, Cody wasn't featured each and every week on AEW, despite being one of the creators of AEW. And I, I think it can be a good and bad thing. Um, I think they probably have a little too much talent currently because, yes, yeah, Samoa Joe made his re-debut on, on ROH. Well, Brian Cage was the sudden, you know, he, he suddenly is back. You know, everybody thought he was had a foot out the door at AEW. Now Brian Cage is back and he's being represented by Tully Blanchard after showing up on the uh, ROH Supercard of Honor show on Friday night. So I think they probably have a little too much talent. And that's something that I think we see them struggling to kind of juggle at times, making sure they have enough TV time. They're telling the right stories and, and the right people are being featured. But right, because sometimes people just kind of get forgotten about in AEW. Um, it's funny, Rowitz, you never asked that about WWE. Does WWE have too much talent? You didn't ask that question. How about that? How about that for a question? See, well, because in that situation is what we talked about earlier. You have one or two guys that can go for the main title. I think in AEW, you got a long list right now. I mean, when, when well, you release 80 wrestlers in a calendar year, I don't know yeah. if you you can have too much talent at that point. Well, well I, I, I said the same thing for AEW. No, they don't have too much talent. It's just about how you tell the story. Um, Tony Khan has to stockpile that talent. If there's a whole bunch of free agents out there in the street, it's one thing for them to be in the independence and they'll be in an arena in your hometown. That's cool. But it's great that he's stockpiling that talent. And he's got a really strong roster of veterans and young uh, men and women uh, for AEW. No, it's not too much talent. What I would say is, is that there has to be more of importance on the other shows. Rampage has to be a show that's a must watch. It must be connected to uh, AEW Dynamite. Because now what we're seeing with Rampage all of a sudden, guys, is like, it's Friday night. Yeah, we, we might be out, but it's still on our DVR. But it becomes like, yeah, I'll watch it Saturday or I'll watch it Sunday. No, it's got to be a must-watch, even though it's an hour. And so that's where you can put the talent there. Also, I think AEW could have the hottest YouTube wrestling show in North America and possibly the world if they took care of AEW uh, Dark uh, Elevation, their second show, Elevation. I just think AEW Dark is good for young guys. They'd be able to get some TV time. That's fine. But if you really put stock into AEW Dark Elevation, their secondary show, and put some talent there, now nah, that's a must-watch. So I just think it's important for this talent. They have, you know, they don't have too much talent. They just have to be able to put the talent in a position where they can get over and succeed. And with every storyline from Elevation to Dynamite to Rampage, they can all be part of some of their bigger shows, their pay-per-views. They just have to have to distribute the talent properly. That's what I would say. Yeah, I think they're definitely listening to you. I mean, the Cole Page rematch is coming on Rampage next Friday, you know, a live one from Texas. But my one issue, my one concern is that they put a lot of stock into the titles. I love it. I love how much the champions matter. And ultimately, whoever wins the championship, it matters when you get that win. But with so few titles and so many guys, the Keith Lees of the world, the Samoa Joes of the world, the, you know, 
uh, Darby Allen of the world. Like, he still hasn't taken that next step outside of TNT. Like, yeah. there comes a time when you can't get everyone the title. We're going to get dream matches. We're going to get great wrestling shows like we got last night on Dynamite. But I do think sometimes we're going to miss out on some of the payouts of some of these guys ultimately capturing that title. Maybe I'm missing something, but I can't remember the last time I saw Scorpio Sky. And I feel like the TNT championship yeah. has taken a backseat since it's been on him. I mean, we just had, and don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining about this because it was a tremendous match, but the main event of AEW was FTR versus the Young Bucks, which is a great AEW rivalry for two titles that aren't AEW titles. Right. You had the AAA titles and, and the, the recently won Ring of Honor titles. So I, I, you can spin, I think, to a, to a positive as well. As deep as this roster is, the one thing that professional wrestlers you hear them talk about in and you hear other people kind of kind of talk about is every once in a while you just need some time off, right? You need to take a step away. So if you're somebody like CM Punk, who also is doing a you know a star show with mm -hmm. Amel and Heels, CM Punk hasn't been on 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 dynamite the last couple, you know, he, he was on one, missed kind of sandwich. He could take some shows off every now and then. And it's, his presence isn't going to feel missed because you can go, oh, hey, we got Samoa Joe. We've got FTR versus the Young Bucks. We're going to put Kristen Cage out there in a singles match for the first time in a long time and put on a pretty good one against Adam Cole. So th the roster is certainly deep enough where I think you, you can kind of – guys can take some time away or take even more time and don't have right. to hurry back from injuries the way Kenny Omega is. Like when Kenny comes back, it's going to be awesome. And yeah. Right now, though, AEW doesn't necessarily need Kenny Omega because they have a lot of other wrestlers they can tell stories with. And, and keep in mind, Brian, they're putting on pay-per-view quality matches on uh, Dynamite and on Rampage. I mean, matches that I would pay for, right? Yeah. I saw Powerhouse Hobbs uh, against Keith Lee, and I'm oh, like, such a good match. Such a good this, match. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, hey, take my wallet. Like, well, take my money now. Like, but, but why, but why am I seeing this for free, right? But I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, hey, maybe this. But I understand that. But that shows you the depth, right? When you can put that on a Friday night, and not necessarily the best TV night, you put that, that match on. That tells tells you a lot about the roster for AEW. I, I like where they're headed right now. I just don't want wrestlers to get lost in the sauce. Yeah, and that's that. I mean, we got Kenny and Brian on free TV. But to your point about the YouTube shows, like I remember when Jay Lethal came back on TV a few weeks ago and they were talking about his record. It's like, wait, he's had that many matches? Like we've seen one or two of them because the right. YouTube shows, it's a chance for enhancement talent to sort of get their opportunity. And that's great, but there's no reason to watch it. Like we need a reason to watch some of these shows and then we'll care a little bit more. But Jay Lethal just showing up for the first time in a month and also like, oh yeah, he's number five. You know, he's 10 and one. It's like, We've seen him wrestle once and he lost in the TNT title match. Like there seems to be a disconnect when it comes to that right now. Yeah. And it is fun in AEW because there are so many people to kind of juxtapose it right now against WWE. We're going, all right, so who's next in line <laughs> where the line seems to be forming and you can come up with a list of dream matches for the AEW championship, whoever happens to win it, whether it page retains or Cole wins it a couple of weeks on rampage, you know, CM Punk has already said that he's, waiting in the wings, that he's ready to go. I don't think it's going to take long for Samoa Joe. If they wanted to put Samoa Joe in the main event picture, you could do that. What do you do with Brian Danielson? What do you do with uh, John Moxley, getting them back into that main picture, that, that main event picture? Sammy Guevara, I think, could take that step up after being a TNT champion, and he's been a lot of fun to watch. Like You can put together a pretty long list of people that you want to see make a run for that AEW championship. 
just, just for Tony Khan, and I know he's watching GKW <laughs> right now, just one little uh, nugget for Tony Khan. Don't make the mistakes of Eric Bischoff in WCW. He had the same scenario where he had, had three shows. He had Nitro in the 90s. He also had Thunder, and he had WCW Saturday Night. WCW Saturday Night was a bunch was a bunch of you know jobbers or enhancement talent squash matches, but Thunder was like the replays of all the best of Nitro. He could have done so much with Thunder. Don't make Rampage uh, just a show, just to have a show. Those storylines matter too to carry over to the pay per view. Well, well, to his to his credit, to his credit, I don't think he's done that. I don't think he's done that because anytime. And again, whether or not you catch it live, whether or not you go back and watch it, I mean, that hour is jam-packed. Like, they can literally not get any more wrestling into that. Like, I before I watched the Keith Lee match from this past Friday, because I went back and watched it on DVR, I watched the ROH show live, bought that, the, the Super Card of Honor. But then oh, on man. Saturday, went back and watched Rampage. They've got, like, four matches before that. Like, man, this is an hour-long show. How are we going to get to Keith Lee? Are we going to have enough time? I want to see the limitless one do his thing and i think they've done a good job of jam packing they haven't put the most impactful matches necessarily on there but i think we're starting to see maybe they'll change that especially with an AEW championship a texas death match coming up on rampage does it change your guys outlook on the title picture at all if it's a heel champion if they end up you know after he's done with Wardlow, mjf becomes world champion does it change your outlook if you have faces chasing him as a champion no, I like the chase. Uh, that's how I was raised as a wrestling fan. Uh, I'm I'm from Chicago, so I'm used to a heel champion like Nick Bockwinkle and having Hulk Hogan chase him when I was a kid. Um, to see Ric Flair in the Crockett territory in the NWA, he was a heel champion forever and hated to be a babyface. Rick hated to be a babyface, but he was always chased by Sting, Lex Luger, all those guys back in the day. So I like the chase. And but but by the way, I have no problem with Hangman being the champion because with each match that he's in. He's more and more of a believable champion. When he first got it, I'm saying, mm, not so sure, but you can just see now with all the matches that he's in, he's a believable babyface champion. And so, but if it, if it turns heel, I love the chase because you never know what's going to happen with that. So I, that's kind of how I was raised as a wrestling fan for a long time. I yeah. think last night was his best promo as a champ. Yeah. Like that intensity being in cold, like something clicked last night. That was the best I've seen him as champ. Yeah, when he came out and he was no nonsense, yeah. got in the face, hey, look at me when I'm talking to you. Clearly, yeah. he has had it up to here with the shenanigans of Red Dragon. And and so he, I'm, I'm excited to see that match. I didn't think I would be. I didn't think I was ready for that rematch because it's one thing that AEW really hasn't done a ton of, especially around the, the, the AEW championship where they're giving those rematches almost right away. But I'm ready for it. I, I'm ready for for that one and Adam Cole, Adam Page, part two. Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole. All right, let's go ahead and get to number two on the three count. What's number two, Brian? All right, guys, we had WrestleMania weekend, but we also had so much other wrestling around the year. So, guys, what, what were your top matches of the past wrestling weekend? So, my first one, and maybe it was because it was the, the most exciting match I saw, and, and that's what I'm, I kind of – Measured everything else against on Saturday and Sunday, but man, did I love FTR versus the Briscoes. That was an unbelievable tag team match on the ROH Supercard of Honor um, show on Friday night. It was just, it was a match that was built, not really even on television. You know, it was built solely through the internet and in back channels and 
But we we were excited to see it as wrestling fans, and I think they more than delivered and had a tremendous match for the ROH Tag Team titles on Friday night. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. FTR and the Briscoes, I would say, go as far as to say that that was a better match than we saw on Wednesday night um, I, as far as FTR taking on the Young Bucks. Uh, I think that if there's something different, there's a little bit something more physical, more of a fight with FTR and the Briscoes than it was with the Young Bucks and FTR. FTR right now, and I know that there's a certain generation of wrestling fans listening and watching us that wasn't didn't grow up on tag team wrestling because if you grew up in the 90s, late 90s into the 2000s, Vince really had no use for tag team wrestling and neither did Eric Bischoff. They didn't. They they thought that tech, it's better to have singles matches because if you have tag team matches, then you got to pay four guys, and so they didn't. They didn't like that, right? And it, they so to me, I love a great tag team wrestling match. And when I see FTR right now, guys, they're at the top of their game, and it just shows you over the, a span of a few days. FTR is there uh, at Ring of Honor, and they're in a fight of their lives against the Briscoes. And they're actually in a Young Bucks match. There's a such thing as a Young Bucks match where it's kind of all over the place, but it, it's really smooth and it's really fun to watch. So I saw two different styles there. So that's, I mean, to me, that's on the top. But then I'm going Bianca and, and Becky Lynch. That was as my number as two that, as well. Yeah, so I'm going there uh, as that's my number two. I know we have three, but I'm going Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. I think they stole WrestleMania. Yeah, I completely agree with that. The other thing also, FTR on the Briscoe, this top of my list, like it was that 80s feel, which FTR does so well, which we saw them do in NXT, but it also was that 90s ECW feel. Like the Briscoe send off, the Bucks coming out, and the heel heat there. Like it just felt so old school and so perfect. Like nothing topped that match all weekend. That match was just so fun. Like it was everything we grew up with as wrestling fans. And FTR is so good at it. The Briscoes are great at it. And they really delivered. And like you said, it wasn't really on TV. They cut some social media promos. There was one where the Briscoes were eating Cool Whip with a spoon because that's typically what you do in a promo. But, like, little <laughs> things like that, like, it just shows how great those four guys are. Do we see the Briscoes anytime soon pop up? I mean, they'll, they'll still do the indie shows and, and different things like that. But do we see them pop up on somebody's pay-per-view, somebody's television show? Because they seem to be because of some past tweets that happened in 2011, 2013, some tweets that are out there that were, um, you know, not great for the Briscoes and were homophobic. But they have apologized since. But it seems yeah. because of those AEW, WWE, they seem to be backing themselves away from the Briscoe brothers. That's interesting. I, I heard NXT could use some tag team wrestlers. <laughs> That's a shoot, brother. I read the wrestling news too. How about that, Gabe? Um, but, uh, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, I can, why can't they show up in AEW? They've already done New Japan. They've done everything besides yeah. come to WWE. And I, and I don't know. I mean, they've been everywhere else. I would wonder what how the Briscoes, the way they wrestle their style in the WWE, what would that be like? I mean, yeah, can you tame the Briscoes? They do things yeah. their way. As a matter of fact, I would say that those guys, if they just stayed on the independent circuit and take on the best tag teams in the independent circuit, they can still make a fine living. And for those that don't know the Briscoes, those guys have an actual farm in in rural Delaware, a, a chicken farm. They're actually chicken farmers. Do I have that right? Yes. That, yes, you do. Yep. Yes, 100%. Yeah. So when they're not wrestling, they are chicken farmers in, in rural Delaware. 
And so they just kind of do wrestling for fun. But they are tremendous, though. They are one of the top tag teams I've ever seen. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, to relate to the last question, like the tag team division AEW is just as stacked as the singles division. Like we mentioned, like the main event last night wasn't even for their titles. We're going to get Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon, which will be a great match. There's so yeah. many other teams that are, you know, up and coming. Top Flight's doing their thing. The Acclaimed are so over right now. The matches are whatever, but just coming to the ring, they have the crowd in the palm of their hands. Like there's only so many spaces, but it seems like no for the Briscoes. But then, you know, that Bucks thing is like, oh, well, you got to pay that off somehow now, don't you? I would think so. And seeing as how, you know, Tony Khan happens to own both those companies, you would think this would be the natural landing spot. But I, I hope so, because, again, Friday's show was so much fun with those two going up against FTR. And I want to go back now to what Jay Hood said, who he had as his second best match, because I agree. I had Becky versus Bianca Belair as my second match. It was the best match on the WrestleMania card. And I think part of what made some of these matches at WrestleMania so fun is I didn't, it wasn't a foregone conclusion. Like I didn't know coming in like, Oh, this person's definitely going to win. Like there, I honestly didn't know. I mean, it made sense storyline that Bianca would, you know, get over Becky and get back from what happened at SummerSlam and Becky taking the belt away from her so quickly, but they put on one hell of a match. It was so much fun to watch these two women just go on WrestleMania Saturday night. And I'm, 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 I'm disappointed it wasn't the one of the main events since they had three of them, you know, between right. Seth Rollins and Cody and then uh, Ronda and, and Charlotte. Clearly Stone Cold had to go on last. Like you're bringing Stone Cold back for a match for the first time in 19 years. That's going to be a main event. Um, but I'm just I'm, I'm sad that it couldn't have gotten some of that recognition because, man, was it fun to watch. I think that I've come to the realization. I think we have to do this on GKW and understand that as much, and we're going to do a lot of complaining and bitching about WWE booking, and, oh, wait, and we're, we're going to do a lot. It's a of wrestling that. podcast. That's yeah. what wrestling fans yeah. do. Of course, we're yeah. going to do that. But but the, but 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 with perspective, I'll tell you this, guys. Even though we bitch about the booking sometimes and all the wrestling, including WWE, we have to trust the wrestlers and be fans of the wrestlers. Once the match is in the ring, more times than that's going to deliver. I mean, it, it's sometimes we're watching Raw and SmackDown and sometimes Dynamite and Rampage and sometimes some of the other shows and we're banging our head against the wall. Like, why would they do that? Why do you have this finish? Where, where are they going with this creative? Why is it so repetitive? But once you get it in the ring, it becomes fantastic. And for the most part, WrestleMania delivered and definitely Bianca Bella and Becky Lynch. I'm glad it surprised us. When we were talking about this last week, I didn't know that was going to be the best match on the card. But I think that because there wasn't a ton of matches on for Saturday and Sunday, both of these ladies had time. And, and the great thing about pay-per-view is this, especially when it first started. Pay-per-view, you're supposed to see something that you don't see on Raw and SmackDown which you don't see on regular TV. On pay-per-view, it's supposed to go up by four or five notches because that's what you pay for. So what I saw is I saw a bang for our buck watching Bel Air. It was the best uh, Bianca Bel Air match we've ever seen. There's no doubt about that. It's the best we've ever seen. And Becky Lynch was able to take it up even a couple notches too. I mean, Bianca earned that. And the story, because wrestling Twitter hated the idea that Bianca lost it in less than 30 seconds in Las Vegas, they hated that. They said, what? How was her rematch? And she never got it. And she was able to get it back at WrestleMania. So it was a great story, but also, to me, the best match WrestleMania had by, by far. Yeah, I completely agree. The other thing that booking didn't do anyone a favor, Charlotte and Ronda. Like, 
the, that match wasn't going to compare to Becky and Bianca as is. But then you're going to put Charlotte and Ronda after the Cody moment before Stone Cold. Like, they did those two no favors on Saturday night. No, they didn't. And it was a, that match was it was fine. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple fine. of moments where it, clearly Ronda was a little rusty, and I think that they missed a couple. But honestly, I, I thought WrestleMania Saturday really delivered. Like I was, <laughs> other than the beginning of it, I mean, it got off to a slow start because unfortunately he had the Rick Boogs injury. So I think that kind of muddled that tag team match. And then probably the match that at least I was looking forward to the least in uh, Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. But once they got that out of the way, man, I think that WrestleMania Saturday just cooked. I was having so much fun the rest of the night watching everything that they put on in that ring. And to your point, Jay Hood, it's because they had time. All yeah. the, you know, it turns out you give these wrestlers time in the <laughs> ring, they can put on some really good wrestling matches. Who knew? Who'd have thought that you don't overbook <laughs> the card? You can have yeah. some good wrestling matches. Another match, by the way, I'll throw out there from the Ring of Honor show, the first match, Swerve and Alex Zane. Alex Zane is someone I hadn't really seen before. Those guys working the opening match Friday at Ring of Honor. Like, that, Swerve's one of those guys. Like, what are you going to do with him time-wise? When you give him time, those guys can go. Yeah, Sw Swerve Scott deserves to be in the semi-main or main event at some point. Um, I've seen him wrestle at Defy uh, in the Pacific Northwest and some of these other independents, guys. Um any style that you want, he can do. It could be hardcore. It could be just pure wrestling. I've seen him. It's all this stuff is on YouTube. So I was just like, okay, Swerve Scott, let me see his best. Because as you well know, when you do this search on YouTube and you see the independent shows, it's like, okay, it's not, you don't have the restrictions of time of television. It's just a camera. It's pointed, you know, right in the middle of the ring and now we'll see what happens. And I've seen him take, have some tremendous matches. And I think we're going to even see more from him. Uh, from uh, in AEW, I think that what we saw from NXT even doesn't even scratch the surface of how good Swerve really is. Were there any other matches that stood out to you guys? Because I mean, Seth and Cody, I think ultimately ended up being a really good match as well on Saturday night. Um, anything else from over the weekend that happened to see? Because that that's also part of the fun of WrestleMania weekend is that there are so many other shows. I know Fight TV had like. Four pay-per-views, it seemed like you could order My all God. leading up to. NXT had a really good uh, Saturday at matinee leading into WrestleMania as well. Any other matches that stood out to you guys? I mean, I'll throw out, it doesn't stand up to them match-wise, but anytime you have a 10-man that has Barry Horowitz, Enzo, and Jimmy Wayne Yang, how do you go wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Barry Horowitz. Yeah. Barry Horowitz. So that it's happened at that happened. on yes. uh, Friday, I believe that one was. So that was a pretty good one also. Um, also, Alex Shelley versus uh, Mike Bailey from Impact was pretty good. And uh, Jay White versus Chris Dickinson from New Japan. I thought it was a pretty good match also. God bless you, Brian. Watching watch Impact. <laughs> oh, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Hey, but someone has to, right? I know that people in the Impact Wrestling offices are watching or are listening to this podcast. Uh, this is not your pregame show. I know that <laughs> I, I, I might not have the connection anymore with Impact after saying that, but we are we are not leading you into Access TV. We're not doing that. We're, we just have to be on at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on Thursday. So this is not a pregame for Impact. So, so sorry, uh, Kiara Hogan. Uh, so... Um, I would say that that Rollins and, and and Cody Rhodes, because of the surprise factor, we all it's very similar to CM Punk coming to AEW, guys. We knew that Cody was coming. We just didn't know when. And there was I love when Seth comes down, there's this long pause, and is it like, is it Cody? 
you know, who's coming? You know, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Ezekiel or Elias? Elias, uh, who, who's who's coming to ring? We didn't know, right? It could have been a, it could have been a swerve, bro. Could have been a swerve, and it ends up being Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. I'll tell you, I tell you what, Gabe, that was a, a very physical match. Um, I thought I thought that that's also a a show stealer because Cody's first match in WWE and Seth Rollins gave it to him. He says, "Welcome to the big leagues, bitch." Like this is the same Seth Rollins that told everybody in media, like, "Oh, you know what? AEW talks about WWE. It's low brow." But then he tells Cody, "Hey, welcome to the big leagues." And so that was, and again, I didn't know which way that was going to go either. I mean, Cody comes back after six years, and by the way, the announcers are amazing. They made it seem like that Cody's been retired for six for six years. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah, there's no retirement. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. You know that <laughs> nothing exists outside their world. It's amazing. It's just like you know, it's been six years. Like, what is he rusty? He was just well, on the other TV. Well, I thought he was hanging out in the Broken Skull Ranch yeah. with Stone Cold. They both been retired all this time. <laughs> Bring them both back on the same night. They, you know, they were able to just carpool. They took a Stone Cold's four wheeler up. You know, it was fine. It was a big right. deal. They were able to carpool, save on gas. It was great. Those are my those are my three. I'll say that's on the outside. On the outside of that three for me, Gabe and Brian is Edge and AJ. I told you before WrestleMania, I thought that that would be the one that steals the show. That's an A plus match if it wasn't for the distraction finish. I thought it was, I thought it was a really good match. Which I didn't mind the distraction finish because it's clearly going to build to something, and I kind of like. Maybe the edge having on, his own well, like wait, room. but I can see that on Raw though. I don't need that on the pay per view. I mean, I that's just, fair. I mean, I just, I just wanted to finish. I didn't. I, it wasn't interference. It was just the distraction. I mean, AJ Styles, a, a seasoned pro. Oh my God! Someone standing outside. One, two, three. <laughs> Come on, brother. Come on. I mean, the other one that deserves the credit, like it wasn't a five star, but I think it delivered, and I was definitely skeptical coming in. Was Austin and Owens? Like that was a fun match. Like yes, they're just playing the hits, but like. Austin taking the suplex on the concrete. Like, I was really shocked at how well that match delivered. It really did. So it seems like we all agree. We were pleasantly surprised by WrestleMania, I would yeah. say, right? Like, I, I feel the build for, for a lot of the matches wasn't great. But given these, you know, these men and women time, they really delivered. Now, I will say this. The match that I thought was going to be really good and then I was a little disappointed with was Roman versus Brock Lesnar. It just kind of... You know, it just kind of ended. I thought there'd be a more to it. And then, especially at the time that it ended, it ended at a quarter to the hour. So now I'm thinking, oh, okay. Well, Stone Cold <laughs> just came out for night number two. Just gave Stone Cold stunners to everyone. Well, maybe Dwayne comes out. Maybe The Rock pops out. And they start that build towards Los Angeles. It didn't happen. So it just kind of, I don't know. I, I was expecting more out of it. And I was just a little disappointed with it. Maybe it's because it's one of the few matches I actually had expectations for. I guess we have to look back at all of, Rome, uh, of Brock's losses. They're all kind of like that, aren't they? It's either quick or it's kind of like, well, here's the move for Roman one, two, three, because those guys are not going to go thirty. No, they could. No. they could go. They could, but they. But if Brock's losing, that doesn't last long. And so when I saw the one, two, three, and I saw the pinfall, I go, okay. So this this gives the opportunity for Brock to go elsewhere go someplace else for a few months lick his wounds count his money go back on the farm work on that that uh, fake southern accent and uh and then come back to wwe at some point but I, when i saw that I, I know what you mean uh brian when you think about that because I, I was watching gabe and i was thinking uh you know that it just 
it, for all the buildup, that's the finish. But it's kind of when it, when Brock loses, it kind of looks like that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it just sort of happened. They just hit their finishes, and like I don't know, it was whatever. But it's what you expect out of those two. Yeah. One last thing with WrestleMania, and I can't believe we're like forty-five minutes into this thing, and we haven't even said Pat McAfee. Like that guy just went out. He did the thing. The match was fantastic. And in terms of all the stunners that were handed out over WrestleMania weekend, he had the best sell. He had the best sell, the Stone Cold Stunner. The, I mean, he borrowed it from Shane with the beard coming out of the mouth. That was the classic Shane McMahon way to take the stunner. But the way that he sold it and just fell flat back. And then later, he's laying by the announce table, still out from the stunner, yeah. trying to drink the beer. It, he, uh, It's the little things with Pat, right? Like, he pays attention to those little things. And I think that's what makes the difference for Pat McAfee in the WWE. He's a, he's an awesome sports entertainer. Entertainer. It doesn't work in AEW. It probably wouldn't work in New Japan or MLW, NWA, someplace else. But it does work in the WWE. I didn't. I didn't know he he put in so much work though. His match with Austin Theory will never remember. We'll remember the suplex, but because Vince put himself in it, it just shows you again with the booking. He didn't have to wrestle. You know what that could have been? That could have just been Vince kicking him in the balls, and then Steve Austin comes out. Right? Why he had to put himself over? Vince didn't have to wrestle in that situation. And then of course that weak football uh, kick finish. I mean, I mean Pat's better than that. You know, it's just kind of like. If I'm writing it, Vince, you can go after Pat and kick him in the balls or whatever, and then here comes Steve Austin. So at least we got the, the Austin McMahon for the last time, which I thought was really cool, but Vince didn't have to win the match. The heat was already there with Vince taking off his shirt uh, and him going after McAfee. But Pat is just a terrific performer, whether it's on the mic or in the ring. I mean, he is fantastic. He's as good as we thought he would be. Yeah, I think overall it helped, you know, Vince's WrestleMania record. But you look at the celebrities as a whole, like <laughs> Vince is, what? Yeah, I mean, he probably broke the record now. for oldest guy with the yeah. win. You know, that's that thing's never getting broken. Yeah. Are you kidding me? There's seventy-six like, year old man getting the ring. I don't think so, Jay Hood. That's right. But celebrity wise, like I feel like everyone hit. Like Logan Paul looked good. Knoxville did his part. Like Logan Paul hit the three amigos pretty smooth. So I think that should be a win in the WWE's book. I didn't see. Win via mousetrap coming. Not gonna, I mean, <laughs> knew a lot of shenanigans with the jackass crew in the building were going to be coming in that Johnny Knoxville match. But kudos to Sami Zayn for selling and bumping yeah. his ass off. Don't botch the, the finish, brother. Know how to use your mousetrap. That's, <laughs> That's true. That's very true. I mean, next time, next time they'll know a lot better. All right. We move on to our third thing as part of the three count here on GKW. What do we have for count number three, Brian? All right, guys, with WrestleMania in the books, which storyline in professional wrestling are you most interested in right now? All right, so just kind of review, we've got Cody going for, you know, Cody potentially chasing the WWE championship to win it for his father. Um, MVP turning on Lashley was a big thing that happened on Monday Night Raw as well. Um, FTR, are they going to continue? They've, they've got you know, are they going to kind of become a Kenny Omega-esque of the tag team division where they become these belt collectors and go after the AEW championship whenever the Red Dragon and uh, Jungle Boy Luchasaurus feud is over? Um, I mean, those are some of the bigger ones coming out of the weekend. I would say the, the best storyline 
to me, and in, in because it's still fresh, I'm, I'm on the Cody bandwagon. I think Cody still, he was the one who led off Monday Night Raw. He's going to be leading off, as far as I can, I'm concerned, Monday Night Raw for the next couple of weeks. So I think Cody is, you know, we started with Cody, and I think we're ending with Cody here because he's the biggest thing in wrestling. Yeah, for a long time, the hottest storyline in wrestling for well over a year was the triangle between Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, and Brock Lesnar. And now that Brock's gone home and Roman has both championships, it is intriguing to find out because that's one of our questions here on GKW. Well, now, what, where does Roman go from here? I think all three of us, and I think wrestling fans are wondering what's next, right? I mean, he's a dominant champion, and now we're just trying to figure out, like, what's next. And if it's Cody, how soon will Cody be able to get, a, get the championship? Uh, and also, just looking at that roster, the WWE roster – there should be someone that should be able to spin out and be able to give Brock a really uh, give uh, Roman a really good match. But when you have Brock and you've got Charlotte and you've got only a few at the top and you've got this big middle of middle cards, that's that's a major problem. I, I, I'll give you an example. For Finn Balor and for Ricochet not to be at WrestleMania, those are champions. And they should also be able to get a shot as well uh, for Roman Reigns. But they don't – but Vince doesn't see that. So I would agree with you guys that I believe that Cody at this point in time is the biggest thing. With with Paige and Cole, it's it's interesting, but not necessarily at at the top in wrestling right now. But I think what Cody does, free agency now, eventually in the WWE, and he is AEW's Cody Rhodes in WWE. I think that that's the thing that's the most interesting to me at this point. Yeah, I, I agree because there isn't that obvious, you know, next challenger for Roman. Like I wish there mm -hmm. was something we were interested in. But I don't even know if they know. And that's why I think Monday's promo, like you end the show with Roman and your main event is, hey, watch us on Friday. We have a show on Friday. Like that's set up <laughs> nothing. Yeah. And it just sort of shows their problem that, yeah, there isn't that next level. They can only seem to focus on one thing at a time. I agree it's Cody. I am interested in the FDR stuff. Like what is the payoff with them? Because are they eventually going to get the AEW tag titles back in with them? They seem to be massive baby faces at this point. But, like, where does it end for them? Because them just having five-star matches, that's what they do. But how do we take that next step and really have a great storyline as well? Outside of Cody, do you think we get some sort of setup? Because Cody, I'm assuming, I guess they've never assigned Cody Rhodes a brand. So Cody could very well show up tomorrow night, SmackDown. Um, do we get that build? Is it Drew McIntyre who's coming off of his WrestleMania win? Who seems to be, I guess, is the top baby face on SmackDown right now? Yes. Wait a minute. Are you saying, hold on a second, hold on a second. Gabe, are you saying that WWE wrestlers can just float from Raw to SmackDown? They're not brand loyal? Is that what you're saying? Didn't I mean, they only, only, <laughs> only in the week leading up to Survivor Series. Then they really care what brand they're on because it's oh. brand supremacy is on the line, my friend. But yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just checking on that because the idea that you can float from brand to brand, I could have sworn that they had this route to make sure that there's a blue brand, a blue brand and a red brand. I, I guess I'm mistaken. Yeah, I'm mistaken. I think, yeah, I think you were. I think you dreamed the whole idea of a WWE draft, especially with, yeah. you know, this deep roster that they have. That well, they that's the thing. Like we talked about the belts, like they essentially have to keep Roman as the double champ because you can't build two contenders right now. Like, you don't have one, so you don't want to have two titles that they have to chase. Like, let's just keep two belts on Roman, and that's what we're going to chase right now. Yeah, I, I just – for WrestleMania Backlash, which is the next pay-per-view for them, I just don't <laughs> even know because well, that's how they branded it now. It's now WrestleMania Backlash, not just Backlash. It's WrestleMania Backlash. So I have no idea 
who who's ready to step up and, and be that challenger for for Roman Reigns. If yes. I had to guess, if I had to guess, it's it's actually I think they set it up with Drew McIntyre. I think Drew McIntyre ends up taking another loss to Roman and because he's he's he can take it, I guess. I, I don't and know. Because he had a WrestleMania moment, he cut the ropes. What else do you guys need? Well, I mean, it, it'll be a good match for sure, but he's been in a comedy deal for like three months. And his whole thing with the mit with who is it? With um Happy Corbin. It, and Happy Matt Corbin, Pat yes. Moss. Oh, that is Andre yeah. the Giant Memorial oh, Battle right. Royal yep. champion, oh, Mad Cat Moss, to you, Jonathan Hood. <laughs> Oh my God. And he's a monster too. He's got to get out of that outfit. That guy could be a monster. I don't know. I mean, I can't wait, wait for the you, documentary. You think of wearing his suspenders career. with no shirt, that's not a good look. For, I, can't wait for that I, look? I can't wait for his documentary. Yeah, once I was Mad Cat Moss and I looked like a Chippendale dancer. I was a I was a dick dancer. That's what I was. That's 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 what he'll be known as. And then all of a sudden, you know, now he becomes like WWE champion or whatever, right? Who knows? It just but he's been but Drew's been in this comedy deal for a long time. And so now we gotta take him seriously for the championship. Oh well, you know what? If he wins, at least he'll be in front of fans. That is true. Very good. Yeah. Well, and and I think he does deserve that moment at some point because he did such a good job in the Thunderdome era. I Mm -hmm. think he deserves to have that opportunity to win that championship, one of the two, whether it's the Universal or WWE Championship, in front of fans. I'm not saying that happens next month. I'm just saying at some point down the line, I think he does because I think he did a heck of a job. That, That could not have been an easy job trying to figure out what wrestling looks like during a pandemic. And, and he carried them and, and did a, a heck of a job. I think he deserves that. Whether or not he gets it, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And real quick, guys, just trying to figure out how does this work. He's a, right now, Roman's a dual champion. If you like, the question is, is it a tournament or, and I just can't see Seth losing. I'm sorry. You can't see Roman losing one of those championships. Like, right. I mean, he is so strong now. If he lost, it would be a shock to everybody. So I don't know how long he'll be dual champion. He's not going to lose it. So I think one of those championships has to get off of him at some point. And I don't know how you do it because you think of, again, you think back to 2019, how WWE did it. They had Becky defend it both nights. She lost one, retained the other, kind of made sense because but Becky wasn't this monster champ heading into it. You know, she had lost the championship previous to that at uh, the Royal Rumble, how she got into the Rumble match to begin with. And then when they had, you know, when Kenny Omega was collecting all his belts, it was a shock when he lost to Christian Cage. Uh, but it was for the Impact title, and so everyone kind of wrote it off. You know, like, okay, when they actually wrestle for the AEW championship, we know Christian's not going to win that. So, yeah, I, I don't know how they go about this. Because, yes, any loss, even if it's just for one of the yeah. championships, any loss to Roman would be an absolute stunner. Well, and that's the thing. And it's going to be a great moment for whoever gets that win and gets that rub. But, like, you need someone to go from here to here as opposed to all the way down here. Like Jay Hood mentioned, like, they're so far down that no one sort of makes sense to get that rub and get that moment because it's going to be a huge moment to the point where at this point, I think we're not going to see it till LA. Like if Roman stays healthy, like there's no one even close enough to take that title from him. You just push it another year and just let him continue to dominate. And shout out to Stone Cold Steve Austin after 19 years, he comes in there. I thought it was going to be a little bit of a schmoz. He's just going to have a little talk show, but that guy was getting it done after 19 years Man, okay, it's not 1996 Stone Cold, but it didn't have to be, man. He he had a, a really solid match. And it, you know what? That mixed Kevin Owens. It does. Yeah. I oh, think 100%. Steve does that. It, it mixed Kevin Owens. Now he, it makes him 
a contender for something very special as well. So I just I didn't want to leave the podcast without giving Stone Cold his props. Just we know what he did with McMahon, which was amazing, the worst stunner ever in the history of the WWE. Uh, but but just the idea that he was taking those bumps for a guy that his age that was awesome from Austin. Oh, it absolutely was. He looked like he was having the time of his life when he came out for WrestleMania Sunday. He was just having so much fun stunning everyone. And I do feel like there's something, you know, I I feel like there's something, you know, just kind of serendipitous about, you know, the worst two stunners taken of all time are the last one by Vince McMahon and the first one by Vince McMahon. There's something I I like how that just kind of closes the loop and it, it feels like it's all complete now, you know? It's unbelievable. It's all a, right. a, that's absolutely hilarious. It has been an amazing WrestleMania weekend. So many things to pay attention to going forward. We appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. Again, if you only caught part of this, it'll be available via podcast and a number of these different uh, platforms that you happen to be watching. Thank you. And we'll be back again next week at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific with Good Karma Wrestling.